Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting FilmSack. You probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit expressvpn.com slash filmsack and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash filmsack. One last big heist. What a great idea. Yeah, Joe knows best. Yes, sir. Joe knows exactly what he's doing. Exactly what he's doing. What does Joe get me? Stuck in a bank called the Alamo, surrounded by the entire Los Angeles Police Department. Look out there. Beavers and ducks. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, and we are on episode 464. My name is Scott Johnson. Joined with me today, Brian, the sleepover bandit Dunaway. Oh, it's a bad idea. Mm. Oh, hi. Hi. Thank you for the lovely dinner, Miss Banks. Please don't cry. Mr. Banks, can we bother you to set up the Monopoly board? You the best, Mr. Banks. <laughs> now remember what we told you. We aren't like those horrible sleepover bandits that spend the night with a bank manager and then rob them the next morning. Nope. We're just going to play a little game of Monopoly and we'll be out of your hair. We're the board game bandits. Now hand me the car, Mr. Banks, because I'm always the car and have a gun. <laughs> now stop crying. Also, you are the banker, Mr. Banks, because duh. Oh, <laughs> so you picked the fancy little dog. No, no. I almost picked the fancy little dog, but I'm sticking with the car. Okay, I'm rolling first, and I rolled a 10. Well, that lands me a jail. Give me the dog. No, you can be the car. In jail? What? I know it's just visiting. Whatever. I'm rolling as the dog. Now stop crying. Your turn was the car, and the car has already rolled, and I rolled another 10. You know what? Just give me the money. Stuffing in this crown royal bag I stole from your liquor cabinet. Don't bother with the ones. Come on, hurry up, Mr. Banks. Uh-huh. All right. So thanks again, Mr. and Mrs. Banks, for a lovely evening. Oh, look, their mailbox sign says the Ibbots. Boy, did I get that wrong. Oh, well, I guess there are worse ways to spend a Saturday night. Boom, twist oh, ending, whoa. epic long intro, and done. Wow. Give me my prize. Wow. I don't even know what to what, say. it's not a competition? No. Whatever. It's, <laughs> absolutely, it's a competition, and we give you the prize every week. Yeah, you win every week. Yeah. Yeah. Default standard win. Well done. Exactly. By the way, uh, uh, Monopoly. Well done with the Monopoly. I don't know why you even used it, but it's fine. It's good. Well, it has a bank in it. Oh, it has, it has a bank in it. Got it. Nailed it. You got to right. be a banker. Get it. Uh, all right. Hey, also with us, Randy, he divides his bed with a curtain as well. Jordan. Aloha, mm-hmm. Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Hi. Randy. But as we all know, you didn't drive all the way out here to this hotel conference room 10 miles out of town to make small talk. You're here to learn my patented method for escaping capture by the police. And it's all in my new book, Don't Do Much, a guide to leaving the scene of a crime and carrying on living like a king out in public. 
you're going to read all about my three big rules. Number one, get other people involved. Mm. Strangers that you meet, rope them in. Old friends who are always trying to pick up girls, bring them on board too. The more people you're working with, the less likely you'll get caught. Number two, use disguises, but don't make them too elaborate. Put on one mustache, wear a hat backwards, <laughs> but that's it. That's all you need to throw them off so far off the trail that you can go to bars and throw money around without being spotted. Number three, do your robberies in a roughly straight line from one place to another mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and spend your time in between those places. No one will ever figure out what you're doing because they'll never believe you're that stupid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Can't mm -hmm. wait to buy the paperback version of the book. Uh, with us finally, Brian Beavers and Ducks Ibbit. Beavers and Ducks. Congratulations. This week, right. I watched one of my favorite films featuring Bruce Willis as an ex-con that gets out of jail and immediately goes on a robbery spree with his partner. There's song lyrics that are important. There's a love interest played by an actress that has to hide her real accent for the role. Anyway, when I was done watching Hudson Hawk, I watched yeah. Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it, didn't it? Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. That's very good. I didn't see that coming. Just like the twist ending of this movie. Didn't see that coming either. No. I'd see it before and I forgot the ending. <laughs> yeah. It's really uh, strong stuff. It's called Bandits. It's directed by Barry Levinson. And it came out in 2002? One. One. Sorry, one. one. You just told us it was right after 9-11. You're right. One month after 9-11. Yeah. One month after 9-11, uh, which kind of killed it in a lot of movies that month. Uh, mm -hmm. Just got destroyed by uh, that event. So a lot of people didn't see a lot of movies that came out then, which is a real bummer because... I think that was probably the reason I didn't see it. It was just wasn't on my radar. And man, did I miss an awesome movie. <laughs> I think Bandits mm -hmm. is great. In fact, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to say favorite film Zach of this year so far. Oh, favorite, wow. favorite, well, favorite, um, let's, let's say it this way. Favorite, I'm not saying episode of the show. Favorite movie that we discovered that I hadn't seen before on Film Zach. Most enjoyable movie That's you've fair. seen. In a long time. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and I don't know. Film sack. I, I didn't. Yeah, on film sack. I didn't expect that. I expected, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I'd seen almost every other Barry Levinson movie ever made. He's responsible for one of my favorite all time movies, Avalon. And I just love it. And I can't praise it enough. And I love Rain Man and I love, you know, Diner mm -hmm. and all those movies are great. Uh, so how this one, you know, I skipped this one. I don't know. Maybe I thought this was like that toys one he did that was real bad. And I thought, oh, well, I didn't think Toys was that bad. It's the Robin Williams fun. one. With yeah, the, I love Toys. Yeah, it's not great. It's don't It's just weird. I mean, it's weird you've got to be I in the right it. movie for for Toys because it's it it it's has Willy no Wonka. apologies for being out there and crazy. Yeah, yeah. right. I it's like, what if you happen if you follow Willy Wonka for a day? You're I probably mean, right. I, I need to go back maybe and give it another shot. But he just like Wag the Dog, another good example. He just makes amazing films. Mm -hmm. I think one of the great directors. And so Bandits. On the surface, to me, when we first announced we were going to do it uh, and we put it on the list, I went, oh, I don't know. This looks contrived, and it's these actors, but okay, but I don't know. And, <laughs> and the and the cover of it looked just kind of, oh, here's Bruce Willis looking wow, Bruce willis yeah. and Yeah, this just, is a typical early 2000s, late 90s looking yeah. heist movie. It definitely looks like poster. that on the outside. But, man, you crack this thing open, the performances are great. The story's okay. subtle and interesting. It has heart. It's also weirdly edgy. It's got like uh, 
amazing direction, really great sound work, weirdly, for a thing like this. It's a comedy, but it's not. Um, it's a great heist movie, but it's also something else. Like, mm-hmm. I loved yeah. it. I really and, and liked put, it. And they put Bruce Willis as your headliner because he was probably demanding the most money at that time. But Billy Bob Thornton and Kate Blanchett really, yeah, this they killed movie it. was them. Yeah. They were mm-hmm. really, it was mm-hmm. about them. They were great. And yeah. uh, maybe one of my favorite Kate Blanchett roles, weirdly, because she's just mm-hmm. so different in this than she is in just about anything else she's ever done. And, yeah. and Bruce Willis is just, the right kind of Bruce Willis for me in this and Billy Bob Thornton. I just can watch him do whatever. I like that guy. Well, that guess much. what you did. You you did just that because he did just about whatever. Yeah. In bandits. <laughs> That's true. He kind of did whatever, but it's, it's just a great, I don't know. I had, I had no expectations and I came away going, this is a thing I would not only watch again, I would recommend this to friends and say, Hey, before it leaves Netflix, make sure you watch this movie. Nobody ever saw. Cause yeah, it's great. At, this is, by another, the way, this is, mm-hmm. that's a. I just want to say that's a great spot for us to stop, uh, listeners. Mm. If you haven't watched this movie, we're about to spoil really big twists and mm-hmm. and surprises. Like we're going to utterly ruin the experience of watching it for the first time. So if you haven't watched this movie, just pause this podcast yeah. and watch it. Yeah, seriously. And how like, often the, do we say that? We never that. say that, do we? Like, we usually yeah. don't care. If there are twists in a story and we're doing film sack, eh, we, who cares? This movie's 20 mm-hmm. years old almost. Mm-hmm. But I'm this telling one we you, care enough the, about your your enjoyment of it to say, yeah. you know, if well, you haven't seen it, it's a good one to stop and yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, twist is part of the charm of this film. And the one thing I... I think this movie suffered from, and I, I, I got to go back. I'm still formulating this thought, but it seems after like Pulp Fiction, uh, there was a time during the late '90s, thanks to Pulp Fiction, that allowed uh, character movies like this to kind of breathe a little bit because there was a lot of scenes in this film that you could have cut quite yeah. easily, oh yeah, and still pretty much end with the same product. And but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They just well, kept and it. And there's this whole other way of looking at the movie, and I want to—I'm kind of amazed that Scott talked about all the things he loved about it and didn't mention the what I consider the real brilliance of the film, which is the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was mm-hmm. shot by uh, by Dante Spinotti, mm-hmm. and we've uh, we've talked about him before. Where this is a legendary cinematographer that has no business in movies that, uh, of this particular cachet, in my opinion. But he, uh, we last saw him uh, when we watched Heat. Uh, the movie Heat was uh, shot by Dante oh. Spinotti, and he's just oh. he's just a genius with a camera. Yeah. Like the first time you see Kate Blanchett in this movie is so good. one of the greatest shots ever put on film. Yeah. Like I want to print. Of the shot, a close up of her face, the blue in, with the blue light, and she's yeah, in the blue thing. light, yeah. right? Yeah, and He's she's just singing. A, just what's, what's absolute genius? What's the Bonnie Tyler song? I always forget. Holding uh, out for a hero. Yeah, <laughs> I saw <laughs> that. The first of two. The first of two. Yeah, the first of two Bonnie Tyler songs probably featured in this in this movie. Yeah. So I guess two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, music it's not bad. was uh, definitely music was definitely thank you, Randy. Right. That was a great joke. Was... I, I hope I, I hope you were I oh, hope I you were thinking of it while watching the movie yeah. and, and I was. holding it. Yeah. I was holding it just for this. Yeah. All right, that away. Oh, yeah. popular music. It was uh, it was well played. Yeah. In this film. Well, it's so, a, they use some stuff that's, that. that was kind of retro and at the same time kind of perfect for the tone of things. Like those two songs were great. The use of the repeating song on um, I forgot what it was and now, it was, but the one on the on the it jukebox. Was really, 
What was it? It was really important to the story um, because it was a way for us to recognize how we truly, usually, on a shallow level, fall in love or in lust with somebody because we'll find things that are very universal and pretend they are unique and universal to just us two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, that, that song, them both knowing that song, well, yeah, probably a lot mm-hmm. of people know that song. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and and even in, and even in 2001, plenty of people knew that right. song. It's, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. the movie is absolutely chock full of scenes like that one where they're laying in a bed with a curtain divider between them and they're singing bits of a song to each other because it, like that could have been so bad. It could have been so out of place and, you know, it could have taken you away from the the film, but it actually, uh, like, I, I actually wrote this thing down that I've been trying to figure out, uh, like, I want to make fun of the movie mm-hmm. because the movie it, it, in one way is about the challenges of navigating a modern polyamorous arrangement. Right. And mm-hmm. for some reason, the script seems to require all of the participants in the poly relationship to be criminals with terrible mental issues. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, 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 but. In scenes like that, you see them, you see their mental issues, but they're not like killing you with it. You're not like turned away, you know, like they're, they're being kind of childish and weird, but it's subtle. Yeah, it's very subtle. That's what I guess, you know what, you kind of got to the, where, what I think I like about it the most, and I'm, and I'm going to credit Levinson for this because he's good at doing this, but everything is done with a with a soft hand and a, and in a, in a way that is not so in your face. So as an example, I normally hate it in movies where there's a fake TV news show and a fake TV host who's like you won't believe what's happening in crime right now. Zip, zip, zip. Tune in later for criminals on the run or whatever it was called. And I usually hate that. This totally worked for me. It felt like a real thing. That guy felt like he was the real thing, and not just not just that on authenticity, just the tone that they used. They didn't try to overdo it. They didn't try to make me think it was like this crazy reality show or something. It just worked for me. And Wait, I just want to stop. That guy is the pit bull of comedy, Bobby Slayton. Right. So like like as if you weren't already scratching your head about Billy Bob Thornton being in this film. And like, there's just some weird casting going on throughout the whole film. Yeah. Bobby Slayton had no business being in this movie mm-hmm. and he's freaking perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely perfect. He made it work. And that to me feels like a, a, a director made a decision or somebody in production was smart enough to know you couldn't just put some loud mouth, a whole actor in that role you needed somebody who was like kind of down to earth and serious about it like and, you couldn't do a robert downey jr with a fake australian accent for example right it would have oh been bad <laughs> oh my gosh dude yes that would have been terrible <laughs> you, you do make me wonder what if it had been tom cruise though yeah what if, if that had been tom cruise? i mean that worked that worked for for tropic thunder and mm-hmm. i'm glad they did it and there's another example is the more modern uh was it RoboCop where Sam Samuel L. Jackson plays some cons- mm-hmm. TV host mm-hmm. guy? It just that stuff yeah. doesn't work for me because they blow it out too much. They make it too ridiculous. And yes, our modern news system is a little ridiculous, and certainly talking heads on TV are pretty stupid. But uh, I needed that to be grounded, or else I wasn't going to be able to take this movie seriously. And it was really grounded and well done. And and I never yeah. once went. Oh come on! That's not things they do on that show. I went. Oh yeah, that is kind of what they would do on America's Most Wanted or 
totally Whatever. what they would do. By the way, that the uh, Robert Downey Jr. with an Australian accent was uh, Natural Born Killers. He was the oh, the hard copy killers on the run TV show host. Yeah, see, he that's a mis- also, he also had an Australian accent in one of the trailers at the beginning of Tropic Thunder, hmm. though. Oh, did he? Australian? He did, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Weird. Was that like supposed to be a throwback or like a hey, trick me? Yeah, out. yeah, the, yeah. But bunch right. of funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. I uh, but I just like that adherence. I like. The time, so there's some time skipping in this thing. Normally, um, I can only think of The Witcher for some reason as being a bad example of time skipping because they're not really good at it. You don't know what you're doing and why you mean you're like doing where it. they where the you've almost got like present time and you see a little yeah. bit of it, and yeah. then you do this kind of back in three months ago or whatever. Yeah, but they yeah, don't do, they even do that. They don't even do the three months yeah, ago. Yeah, they didn't even do they that. Just, they, they were just, very they subtle about it by wardrobe that you're going to understand. And, and they it was figured hard. they were smart enough to know that that yeah. they're not uh, in in that. jail and a bank at the same time. Yes, right. And <laughs> it's and it's hard. It's that's hard to do well. And the movie does it really well. And it's compelling because I've seen the final bank scene already, and now I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, now I'm real mm-hmm. curious about what happens there. Well, here they are in jail. Okay. Well, that's where this begins, obviously, because they're not there for that crime. So it was easy for me to follow, keep up with that kind of time skipping. And a lot of times that's terrible in movies. So they did a great job with that. Like, I just, I just have just praise for this movie. If I had one weak thing weak to say about it for me, it is the three way relationship stuff was fine. Uh, but in the end, I, I think maybe they spent too much time. Uh, fiddling or just trying to work it out like i, I don't know right. i don't know why that the, I, I didn't like the, that as much but it was still it was still fine but it was a little much i was like okay no we get it that's hard three three ways hard man i get it you know well the writer the writer <laughs> is uh uh harley payton uh didn't really didn't really write anything else super notable but um the writer you can really feel the writer wants you to really have no idea what's going to happen after that shootout in the final bank scene like the the it's almost like okay what like you're gonna spend the whole movie wondering does she or doesn't she who's she gonna end up with or or either of them and like you're led by the nose to uh, ultimately believe she's gonna end up with neither of them and this kind of thing like uh, every every part of the the weirdness is designed to throw you off the trail of basically that final scene and i actually regret that they didn't show us the final scene the way they originally intended, which was with Kate Blanchett pregnant because like everything else about that final thing, like they even, they even give you the surprise guess who's getting married thing by showing you the bride and groom from behind without seeing their heads. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, just like everything is supposed to, surprise you in the final scene yeah so why not why not explore this sort of weird polyamory you're not gonna believe it uh as it's going anyway so you know make them make them all just weird and and dumb and and fighting i mean part of me is kind of like they didn't i'm kind of glad they didn't take it quite that far with the pregnancy just because it would have i would have been like oh boy now that's a problem and they probably that's probably why they didn't do it because your brain wants to your brain wants to dwell on the complications that brings to the relationship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you don't, and I don't think they wanted us to be doing that at the end of the end. We want to be going, Oh yeah, they made it out. They're good. This plan worked. And not only that, they're weird. His weird cousin or whatever the hell he is, is getting married and that's awesome. And, and all that. And by the way, I laughed out loud, but not f- because it was funny, but because it was the best, one of the great, how do I, it was like a gift in this movie 
when the special effects cousin dude, I forgot his name. Uh, Harvey. Uh, Harvey. Harvey. When Harvey is, when I started to realize what the plan was and it was, and it was all unfolding, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're wrecking that car because they're going to get out of here. And he comes out, he comes out on fire. Mm. Oh, right. I laughed so hard and it was more of a joyous laugh because I was like, that's amazing because he couldn't wait to do one of his stupid tricks. <laughs> and it's not just that. It's in Hollywood. The whole thing right. is planned for them to end up pulling off his dream yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. Like they go to that length. Yeah. I loved that. There was mm-hmm. something yeah, about that that was like weirdly sweet and satisfying. And I'm glad that worked for you because yeah. I was thinking this felt like. This felt like somebody took a a book. This something. This story seems like something to read in a in a novel, mm. and then for the movie, you would combine characters. So there would be no Harvey Pollard because it wouldn't be necessary. You would stay with our primary characters: Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and you would always like ask yourself, "Oh, she's looking for the perfect man," and this is really being told from her point of view. And maybe Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton are just uh, some kind of weird amalgamation of what she thinks is the perfect man. And I actually found the running time. Like I didn't want to see Billy Bob Thornton have one more anxiety attack. I didn't need it. And so with, so that kind of made me start looking at Harvey and kind of go, do we really need this character? And I kind of want to tighten everything up. Dunaway, the big question for you is, yeah, do you think Billy Bob Thornton's character was actually a hypochondriac or was that a put on for the entirety of the ruse? Ooh. Right, right. I because- know, I believe, I, I believe just that felt very honest to me. Like I said, if I was to think of any type of, I really feel like even though we believe that Billy Bob Thornton is kind of the center of this story, he's kind of, you know, who's telling the story. I really feel like it was mostly uh, the narrator should have been, Kate Blanchett's character, mm. Kate Willer. Yeah. And so I, I think that's how I would have played it. That's how I would have preferred to see it. But once again, it sounds like everybody enjoyed all the Billy Bob Thornton. But by the time Billy Bob Thornton was paralyzed on the floor at the dance at, at the, <laughs> the bar, bar. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't really need any more. I really well, don't need any more of this. And mm. it's that scene that makes me think, okay, well, it's got to be earnest because Right. He's he he would be putting that show on for the other two people who'd be in on the final heist, right? Situation. So mm-hmm. it wasn't. I don't think it was part of a long con. I think it was. Yeah, he's general, gen, uh, genuinely a hypochondriac and a. And a no, I would have preferred. I would have preferred to have tossed more of the Harvey Pollard stuff away, and have developed a little more about Bruce Willis because they really made his character mm-hmm. very two dimensional, and as, as mm-hmm. a result, Billy Bob Thornton really didn't have much to. Fight against except himself and well, every, everybody's got mental issues right and, uh joe's mental issues are that he's a kind of ruthless uh criminal right <laughs> right like he's uh he's clearly got a broken moral compass mm-hmm. and so you're supposed to spend the whole movie refusing to trust that character like i just don't believe that character is going to come through in the end and do right by all these other people because he's a criminal and he's not a great person and so on. And it's like, like with every character you can, you can make that whole construction with Harvey. You can make this whole construction, right? He's 
a little too dumb for this. He's a little too distracted by women on the street for this, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and and so on. And I really like that about the movie. Like, yeah. I really like that. I'm glad that Harvey got some screen time here and we get to see. <laughs> like, when he comes out of that ambulance, oh my gosh. I know. I was so excited. I just I, so excited for him. And as, as a character right. that they barely <laughs> developed, because, you know, Dunaway's not wrong that Harvey just you know he he wasn't there very much but i think the performance was subtle enough that i bought into it and i was happy for him when it happened and then also happy for him when he finds this girl who was a total hottie and way out of his league by the way yeah january jones <laughs> oh was that who that was oh yeah, okay because yeah. you I, said you told me on on uh, uh tms oh yeah she's barely in it yeah like, she's barely in it, but I, think... I thought she was somebody i thought she was the girl that was dating the or the the girlfriend of the kid that they first broke into that teenager oh, makeout oh, session no oh, yeah, that's yeah. the girl from riverdale you're thinking uh, of, uh my bad a a azura sky yeah oh that's who, okay see i've got my i've got my your weird named uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my weird named actress people mixed up all right so, Jan so this is like january this jones is like january january jones early appearance like she doesn't really become a thing for a, a decade and then suddenly she's in mad men she's in last man on earth of course and god mm -hmm. please watch my last man on earth if you haven't watched it uh she's like she's so, such a small thing here but the movie takes enough time to let you know that she exists, she's involved, she's clearly fallen in love with Harvey, right? Yeah. She's like, mm -hmm. she's in it with them. Mm -hmm. And like, I just really appreciate that, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I like it. Main, my main problem with the Harvey character is they never gave me enough to make me think he went from the bumbling idiot we saw at the very beginning and throughout the film that suddenly he could pull off the perfect uh, heist movement uh, at the at the end, I I never saw the character develop. They never implied that the character developed. I mean, we've seen him practicing a couple of times, but mm -hmm. nothing to really make me think that he had finally he honed his together. skills enough to be able to pull off the right the fire suit, the squids, well, that's what, the mm -hmm. yeah, that's why you're describing the risks that the movie takes. The right. movie risks you losing the plot, yeah. right? Because a lot of things have to happen that you don't see. In order for you to be surprised later yeah you know right. like they have to plan all this stuff they put really complicated plans into motion in front of you and those planning all that planning took place and you didn't see it right right, right. and that's risky because that can make you dislike the film you're yeah. not being told the truth I, and i and i totally don't know i get where you're coming from he's underdeveloped and it's also just so, so therefore it's like well you probably could have compressed what he had to do for the for the team into those other guys somehow mm -hmm. But I also think it was important for the final twist of the movie for me to see that it wasn't a three-way marriage being performed in Mexico. It was his. And that was just like a final like, oh, yeah, you guys got me again. Nice job. Right. You, you fooled me like four times in this movie. And I'm not used to getting fooled in movies. Like I'm pretty pretty quick to the, you know. Like We've seen enough that we know the clues that they usually set up for that sort of thing. And, and yeah. Like speaking of Bruce Jesus. Willis, he's he's famous for being in one of the most twisty movies of all time, and and uh, I see dead people or freaking what's it called? <laughs> Can't think of it. Well, Sixth Sense, and I so see dead people. <laughs> you, know what I'm talking about. you know that movie I see dead people. And um, anyway, I love that he was in another movie where I got to like kind of be a little confused about how stuff went down. And I don't know. There's it's it's a it's a director thing. I think Barry Levinson knows my knows how to pull my strings. And I, fe I felt his uh, presence in this 
in the same way I feel it in every movie I've ever watched of his that I've enjoyed. It's just there's something about him uh, yeah. that, that I think that this makes movie sits in 2001 quite nicely. We talk about how films uh, age. For me, my desires in 2001 to see somebody as interesting a character as what Billy Bob Thornton was putting out there. We hadn't really, we hadn't seen anybody do that in a while when he came along. And he did seem smart and clever. And I, I probably would have enjoyed that exploration in 2001. But today, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm just geared for more of a Kate, Kate Blanchett. Uh, type character exploration and I really wanted to see you know why she was being so manic why she felt so repressed and and that's probably the story we would tell today but uh but so I, I think in that way 2001 is the right place for the bandits and I, or bandits what a year like mm-hmm. that is yeah, the great. year that so many series of movies got started it was the first Harry Potter movie the first Ocean's Eleven movie mm-hmm. the first Fast really? and Furious movie the first Lord of the Rings movie mm-hmm. like so many of these big tentpole things were happening in film. And at the same time, you know, 9-11 happened. Yeah. And lots of people were saying things like, are, are we going to go to the movies anymore? <laughs> and this kind of stuff, you know, so like. Do you remember the, the first movie you went to back after after 9-11? Spider-Man, I, I think, was mine. I think. The first Spider-Man movie. But that would have been that following May, so it was could have yeah. been. Didn't no, they to, didn't they have like a bunch of promotional stuff where he was between the twin towers and they had to like? Oh yes, yeah, oh yeah, right. they totally did. Oh, you know movie. that's what I'm. That's actually yeah. what I'm thinking of. You know what I did see? Obviously, I saw other stuff. I saw Lord of the Rings opening night, and I saw um, Star Trek Nemesis the weekend before that. Mm. So I think about three weeks after nine eleven, I was back traveling for work, mm. and um, I had to pass through Houston. I had like a, a four hour layover, and my uh dad and stepmom at the time or dad and stepmom lived there at the time and so they met me at a movie theater um near the airport and we saw rat race which was uh-huh. uh, an interesting film to see you know there's yeah there's a little bit of airplane hijinks or helicopter hijinks and stuff going on but for the most part it's wasn't pretty it like a mad 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 world kind it's of? absolutely an updating of it's a mad yeah. mad mad mad, mad it had world. what's yeah. his name in it right of uh, the all of those uh gosh dang it <laughs> all of the what's their names no the the comedian uh, the british guy did the Yes, Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Had him and it had a John Cleese, had uh, d- uh, not not Rick Moranis, but uh, Dave Thomas, Bob yeah. and Doug Dave Thomas, uh, had Whoopi Goldberg, Kathy Bates. I mean, it was a... Weird. You know, again, coming out like Bandits, if it had come out at any other time, it probably would have done a lot better than it did, but its timing was just so bad. Yeah. And it's probably why we see so many theaters quick to say yeah uh we're going to delay our movie a whole year right, <laughs> right, right. now yeah. with the with the pandemic going on yeah. holy poop shrek the first shrek movie 2001 yep. oh wow yep. that started then too beginning Jeez. of a series wow you, that was the year yeah. uh my first wow. movie uh that i saw after uh, 9-11 was zoolander mm. yeah uh, i still haven't I seen that. zoolander should i do that Oh, you've never uh, seen Zoolander? Nope. You should. I would. I think I would. Yeah, you don't have to see it, but I think you would. I think you would probably. Uh, you would probably understand some memes. It would probably help you with a few memes. That's okay. about it. Okay. It is of a type. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like, you gotta go with that type. I, that's interesting. I mean, I I, I like. I, there's nothing about the people in it I don't like. I just 
I don't know why I didn't. If you if you find yourself saying, "Man, I wish I had more time to watch all the stuff that people are recommending to me," then really Zoolander shouldn't be the first thing you go to. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a really good point, and that's funny that you. So, so it's funny to think about all these movies that performed poorly because of the timing. You know, a month after nine eleven or whatever, yeah. and they still had to release these things. These all feel like movies that m- might today might even just be straight up, hey, Netflix gave Barry Levinson a bunch of money. He's making a movie he really wants to make called Bandits, and it's with these people, and he may, he's doing it for Netflix directly, kind of like Scorsese did with uh, his new thing. Like it, that That's this kind of movie to me. I don't know that this even gets made for theaters anymore, uh, yeah. given how it's made. It's, it's made like, it's made not in a, hey, we're going to do the most blockbuster, pleasy way possible. It's made in a kind of, Hey, I'm going to make the film I want to make with the writing I want to do and with the people mm-hmm. I want in it. And I feel like those today would maybe that would be a Netflix right. original film or this that would, would end this up would definitely on Amazon. Fall on uh, Netflix now. This reminds me a lot of the movies during the late '90s that were uh, that ended up on straight to video because the budget was just right. I mean, there was plenty of movies like Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. movies that went straight to video during that time where he was like, you know, a dad who was also a bank robber. Yeah, and uh, it's just best kind. Yeah, yeah. This, this, like I said, this, this elevated a little above that with a little bit bigger budget. Yeah, bigger budget, and at the time, probably bigger names. Um, yeah. I mean, Kate Blanchett was just really getting going. Her, she was just barely starting out. She yeah. was like what two months away from Elf Queen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had done her Oscars uh, a nomination. Did she win? I don't remember for um the Queen thing that was in the nineties, late nineties. She did. Mm-hmm. So she was a known quantity, but she was just getting started with like her mass appeal. But gosh, dang it. Let me just say this one more time. And I know I say it every time we do a movie with her in it. <laughs> She's so freaking great and so attractive and so great and perfect and everything always. There's just nothing I can't watch her in. She's so freaking great. I'd love mm-hmm. her. I'd love mm-hmm. her. And look at her now. She's our age, Brian Ibbett. Just a, she is just as old How as we are. Couple months, like a couple months older than us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she and she looks amazing, and it's not she all does. plastic. It's, it's those Australian. It's it's whatever they do to the human body in Australia that makes it like never. Yeah, fade, crack, sag, blister, or or <laughs> wrinkle. I like the blisters in there, but she's just so good, and she's so. I don't know, compelling. She's one of the, I think, one of the great movie stars of our modern time, and it's fun mm-hmm. to watch her in a thing that's nearly twenty-one or twenty years ago. And that's also cra- it feels really weird to say that, by the way. <laughs> like she's she's years. about the only thing that's good about the, this movie that came out last year or earlier this year called Where'd You Go, Bernadette, mm. um, which I, I talked about on uh, Recommendals because it was uh, streaming on one of the services, and it's worth watching only for Kate Blanchett because she, she's fantastic in it, but it's basically about a, a wife who not really has had enough, but just decides that she wants to go on one last adventure mm-hmm. and kind of, kind of like this movie splits off from her family. And yeah, kind of, <laughs> except, right. except her, her husband isn't a dick. In, uh, right. Yeah. Where she like he yeah, this they made him such a dick. Yeah. I want to I push. I'm gonna be in Spain, so yeah. I want to push that uh, a little bit farther down the trail because um, that's a that's a Richard Linklater film, and if you like uh, the way Richard Linklater picks up a camera and walks around with it, and and captures people in in the real world, uh, you're, that's a great movie. Mm. Like Where'd You Go, Bernadette, mm. is is just a 
perfect little example of what Linklater can do. Mm. And Billy Crudup is always good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if Kristen you like Wiig him. is uh, manic and, and yeah. crazy in this. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, I, I, think I think you're underselling that movie. It's, it's all right. A real all right. Good movie. I'll, I'll sell a little bit more. Yeah. David Pamer, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, Steve Zahn. Oh, I mean, he's got a great cast. Steve, yeah. Steve Zahn. I could watch him. God, I love Steve Zahn. He's like one of my, not enough Steve Zahn. I agree. World. What's going on with that? Yeah. How come Steve yeah. Zahn's he, not in everything? He was going to kind of have that same trajectory that Sam Rockwell had, right? Where he's just right. basically never, never maybe the, the, except for moon like the absolute center focus of a film mm -hmm. but but playing these side characters that elevate the main characters right. that sell that, right. you know that support the the, the top build yeah actors and, and he's so good at it and steve's on same way and he's so mm -hmm. genuinely funny like that dude make me laugh in anything so i'm i'm yeah. i'm with dunaway like we need more zon yeah why more zon, please. like he's and, still and, with and, us and, let's and do it one more thing about link later like if you don't like Before Sunset and Before Midnight and Boyhood, if you don't like Boyhood, like you're not going to like this movie at all. Yeah. Like you, you will hate this. Well, movie. Brian, you love Boyhood, like, right? Like you're a big fan. Of I really like Boyhood. <laughs> hey, yeah, I don't, Boyhood. Know, I, I don't know if I like Boyhood, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was my favorite movie uh, of that year. What, 2017? 2016? Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Um, but I did really enjoy it. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was a really cool. Well, we should actually say it, it's like your favorite film of twenty two thousand three to twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Because yeah, you actually what, see this kid. What else up. is in that category? <laughs> uh, seven up, fourteen up, and twenty one up, and oh, <laughs> I used to love that series. That that you know how so Brian, you're always teasing me because I have like a a thing with like age and years and stuff. Like mm -hmm. I'm always yeah. obsessed about it. That documentary was made for people like me. Because you follow these kids, the Up series, you follow those kids from, what were they, seven when they started in the 60s? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. they do it every seven years, and they're up to their, those people are in their 60s or something now, or 70s oh my maybe. God. They would, yeah, they would have to be, yeah. yeah and it's I'm infinitely mouth. fascinated by that, <laughs> because I've seen them as little kids, and then I saw them as teenagers, and then in their 20s, and all the stuff they went through, and then now they're old, and what does that mean? And their own kids and some of them are messed up and some of them are all fine. And the drug dealer or drug guy turned out. Okay. And the guy you thought was perfect turned out to be terrible. And I don't know. There's something about that, man. Yeah. I'm trying to see where they, where they left off where the most recent one was 42 up. It looks like well, they're 50 something. I thought, well, they are now, but I mean, the first one came out. No, in... I mean, I think I've seen one where they were in. Their oh, 50s. really? Okay. Six, 1964. So five years older than us. So, They'd be 55. They'd be 50. We'd be Well, missed. they're older than that because they were 7 and 64. Oh, they were 7 and 64. Right. So, right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So, they are 62, 62 now. 62. Is that the most recent? So oh, it's, I, it's, I accidentally stepped Well, that's on. not a multiple of 7. Well, I'll read. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> 63 Stop they can it. do. Yeah, but, uh, that's a good point. I'm trying to see all the movies. Where's the movies? This is something worth seeing, by the way. I'm just putting it out there. It's uh, it's yeah. unusual. I had to go to a box set on Amazon to find it where you can get 7 up, uh, 7 plus 7, 21 up, 28 up, 35 up, and 42 up. Yeah. And this Michael whole time you've been Michael talking Atkins. about this amazing epic of document documentary. Just I'm, All I can think about is national security because I'm still stuck on Steve's on. Right. Sorry. Uh, and and I I, just, <laughs> I I want to apologize. I stepped on raising the issue of Kate Blanchett's 
husband who is, uh, you know, the portrayal of selfish carelessness. And uh, that was as close as the movie got to losing me with the comic relief. Like, mm, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it, but <laughs> the husband behaving like he did was close. Yeah, sixty three up. By the way, came out last year, and that is the most recent. Oh, one. see, I haven't so, seen that one. So though. there is a you did see sixty three. Yep, you weren't. Yeah. Uh, an I saw. I think I saw the fifty six and up, but never. But I knew there was another one. But yeah, I want to see that. Okay, sorry. Back to the thing, Randy. We didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no, even know. I didn't take know. That, take that detour. Well, I didn't know. Uh, Mibbit and I had this common knowledge of this. Oh, weird. weird. Thing. Y'all should like lay in a bed with like a blanket between you two, <laughs> and then you know it can fall down. Get a divided can, like, room, you two. Yeah. All right. Come on. Hey. Yeah. So they talked about that, and he said he saw it in a movie once, and he's right. And I was trying to remember what that movie was where they separated a bed. Maybe it's multiple movies. And I was thinking, is it some like it hot, or was it, was it something like that? It was some. Uh, uh, um, I mean, it's been portrayed in several movies, but like I a Rock to Hudson, right? Uh, I don't shoot, know. Yeah, I don't know what that would have been. And there was nothing in the trivia about it, like no, um, which surprised me. It bummed me out. Well, yeah. the, like, yeah. like it was uh, inspired by that kind of thing, or right? I mean, they yeah. they talked about that that you know him saying the line, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I saw this in a movie once," and the movie ends with the uh, couple right. getting married, mm-hmm. and it's to set up you know pink boots and uh, harvey getting married right and and the movie he's talking about is it happened one night it okay. was it happened one night okay that's yeah. it i almost threw that out there there you go happened one night yeah. never saw it was that good i have no idea is that a thing it was I... it's classic man yeah. it's classic yeah. well, and let's get a let's just sna- slap a trip alert on it because whoop, oh hold on I, I got that right here I absolutely love this trope of there's not enough beds to go around. Somebody's going to have to share. Mm-hmm. You know, like the most iconic is uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, you, you never, you never forget that. But <laughs> man, I love it. Like no one ever sleeps on the floor nope. in this situation. Right. Ever. Nope. Right. nope. Like why would you? Well, I mean, that that mm-hmm. that, de- that defangs the whole uh, conflict. So yeah, you have to you have to have them in there. By the way, it happened one night. 1934. I forgot that I went way the earlier whole... than Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Clark Gable, I Claudette Colbert. Yeah, oh, I shit. forgot. I, I used to do the American movie class at AMC. I went through like almost two years where I just watched every freaking old classic that I could find. Hmm. I guess this must have been in my list. Here's yeah. here's how old it is. It's so old. <laughs> how that old was it? The, the actor, the actor, uh, father of the guy who played the skipper on Gilligan's Island, looks to be the same age as the skipper was on Gilligan's Island. Oh my lord, that old. That's crazy. When was Alan Hale Senior? Alan Hale Senior. Nice. Yes. I wonder what sound he makes if you hit him in the gut with a hat or a belt. Oh, like choking up. Little buddy. Little buddy. <laughs> little buddy. <laughs> goof. That's amazing. I'm, is it uh, golf? I think he says Dolph. Does he is say Dolph? Dolph. I, I don't know. Dolph. No, he says oop. Isn't it oop? oop. Okay, maybe it's more of that. Yeah. It's like a oop. <laughs> Can't remember. We watched the uh, pilot for Current Geek, and I cannot remember a thing about it. Except that no, this thing. You should have the- watched the, you need another show called The Last Episode, where they get off the island in that movie with the. Uh, with, with, who, the Harlem Globetrotters? Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> that, I have seen that, and it's horrific. Yeah. By the way, this is their original theme song. This, this, and it was written by John Williams of all people. Listen to this. I like that. In 
tropical sea is a tropic port. Vacation fun is the favorite sport. This is not, I'm not kidding either. That's <laughs> I'm glad that that's not it, but I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's great because the way it gets, the captain is fat and the thing is real, and he just keeps singing. That's not nearly as memorable, but also it is enjoyable. for a three-row tour. Yeah, he does. He talks about the tour, how long and how much luggage the howls had and stuff. It's really weird. Oh, that's funny. Really weird. Anyway. Uh, back to this awesome movie. I have some scrutiny. Let me get the scrutiny uh, button out. Hold okay. Me. Here's my scrutiny. Scrutiny. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton says, or says in the trivia, Billy Bob Thornton has a phobia of antique furniture in real life, and the producers wrote it in as part of his character, but that's true of Billy Bob Thornton. I don't know if I believe that. I tried to find any kind of, <laughs> any sort of real thing about that, that fear, and there's yeah. no such thing I could find anywhere. I think they made that up. So scrutiny on that piece of trivia. <laughs> you call bs right i mean that dude wears blood around his neck and freaking uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a i mean it's actually the people who have wear blood around their neck that probably would have a fear <laughs> of antique furniture ah uh, yeah actually that's a pretty good point i hadn't really thought of that because <laughs> that dude i don't like, have a fear of antique furniture but i do have a healthy respect for it do you <laughs> I, have that, I have a fear that some of it might end up in my house yeah <laughs> i'm afraid i might open one of the drawers and some of that ancient air might escape like out of a mummy's tomb and like infect my body with some <laughs> pandemic from 19 19- Oh, weird. Wow. Okay, well, maybe yeah. you're on to something. Maybe there's a thing. This is a real deal. This is a thing, and you're and you're just expressing, uh, you know, part part of a part of what is an actual what phobia. I don't know. So maybe I'm wrong. Didn't maybe say we, why he was a phobic of it. Just said he was. Maybe there shouldn't be any scrutiny here. There's also some cool trivia about Val Kilmer originally considered for the part of Joe, and then Bruce Willis was going to play the part of Terry. So they had this whole switcheroo. Oh no! Go I'm on. glad they didn't do that. First of all, Billy Bob. Thornton was perfect for the character Terry in the way that it was presented. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like Bruce Willis could have been replaced by a lot. You He's could have had he could stoic. have he could have easily have been Val Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, or anybody else of the two thousand early two thousands fame. They could have totally played Bruce Willis's character, not a problem. They, yeah. I don't think the I don't think the character really requested much more. So I don't think but, Bruce Willis was at fault no. here. I just think that was just Bruce Willis, yeah. Bruce Willis was almost too affable for the role. Right. 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 Like there's more than one moment where he smiles or laughs at something and it's and it's nice, but it's almost like, oh, I don't know. He's like, I kind of need him to remain a, an inscrutable criminal, you know, like a Peter Stormara from Fargo kind of character <laughs> yeah. would have been ideal. Yeah. Kind of a like little that. bit more on. Yes. I'm ready to pop off any second. Just ready to exactly. break. Yeah. That would have been good. Yeah. Although then you probably wouldn't have seen. I mean, it probably wouldn't have made sense. The Kate Blanchett would have been just as attracted to him <laughs> as she was to Billy Bob good, Thornton. Good point. Uh, there's some music trivia. Hans Zimmer was the only choice for the music composing at the time. However, Zimmer was just finishing Hannibal, which is in 01. He was finishing uh, Pearl Harbor at the same time, which is also 01, and was in London. He'd already committed himself to Black Hawk Down, which is an amazing soundtrack, by the way, uh, which is also 2001. And uh, that was being recorded in the U.S., so Levinson had to change it. And he said he couldn't do it. So I guess he worked on Rain Man, and that's why they wanted to work together again. Definitely worked on Rain Man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely. <laughs> he, he's got to watch that. I, I, I thought the, the music in this movie was surprisingly timeless. Like, I was mm-hmm, expecting mm-hmm. To, to feel, oh, yeah, wow, 2001, you, got, you shouldn't have done that. But no, they, they used uh, popular music that was, at that time, like 15 and 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it just kind of works and, and yeah. doesn't take you when away. When uh, Beautiful Day, U2's Beautiful Day came up, I thought, 
No way was that. I, I could have sworn that that came out after 2001, but uh, no, it came, it came out in 1996. And it's funny because the first concert I went to after 9-11 was U2 at the Pepsi Center and um, would have been there, All That You Can't Leave Behind. Oh, uh, right. Tour. That so, was that so, tour. Yeah. That, that though, that's the closing song. Right, that's the role. You hear it. You hear it. You hear it twice in the movie. Yeah, they have it earlier in the middle of the movie, and then you, and then it is the credits song as well. Mm -hmm. And you, you gotta agree with me. Top ten, sunset and credits songs. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. it fits perfectly. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. I just put it on the end 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 of like usual suspects. But if it's like a, if it is like your your characters are going off into the sunset, like you described, then it's a good choice. Yeah. Overall, just all the choices for for pop music, but also having it meld real well with whatever score they had. I mean, it wasn't like a score mm-hmm. that jumped out at me, but it was enough for me to keep yeah. everything moving. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, even the weird, some of the weird, like, I don't know, honky-tonky stuff that they were playing in the background kind of lightly <laughs> a lot. Didn't know what it was, but it felt like it was right for the stuff. And Right. I don't know, yeah, man. A lot of the movies had, like, a lot of the songs with Pick had subtext to the to the what was going on screen, yeah. which I always appreciate and enjoy because it's real easy to get that wrong. And that guy that they, the banker guy that fainted. I love that actor, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's the jump to conclusions, Matt guy from uh, office. Space. Yes, yeah. that guy. I love that guy anyway, but this movie somehow managed to make uh, this obvious pratfall hokey jokey thing that you would put in a movie still made it work for me totally and completely. I was like every time he fell and they were like, ah, shit, he's down again. I'm laughing. Because yeah. it's backwoods charm, kind of like small town. Yeah, they just Goober nailed it. Kind of thing. They yeah. just nailed that stuff, and it could have been so much worse in the wrong hands. And I don't know. I, I, I know I've lavished praise on Barry Levinson today, but I just feel strongly that that dude is the is the real deal, man. And it, he's doing stuff still these days, but you never hear about a major Barry Levinson film anymore, which bums me out because. Yeah, Richard Real, by the way, is the, the actor's name, and he's yeah, yeah. he's uh, almost TV. Wilfred Brimley wal- walrus level. Right. But, but I, I love him in uh, Grounded for Life. <laughs> if you've never watched that series, no Wilfred Brimley, what he uh, you know <laughs> I like that. No, he's a what'd you call? He's got Wilfred Brimley. Wilfred Brimley walrus level. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wilfred Brimley Agreed. walrus level orange. Yeah, not quite Wilfred Brimley <laughs> walrus level red. Uh, he has got. I'm just a rough guess here about 14, 15 things in pre-production, post-production filming completed and ready right. to come out. He's a busy yeah. boy. So he's, he's, he's a busy man. Busy. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, he's got this look that it's like, we need somebody who looks like that. Well, let's just get that guy because yeah. he's exactly who you need. It's like, Hey guys, we need a kind of a aging retired cop. Who do we hire? And it needs to be kind of right. funny. Oh, okay. That guy bring him in. Um, yeah, yeah, he's perfect for it. And I feel like I've seen him in a million like cameos on TV and, He's like, always on TV. I love those kind of characters. Oh, there he is. Yeah, look at how many things he's got in his list. Let's see here. What is his his filmography? Four hundred and five credits in his filmography. Oh my oh lord! Oh my god! So, he's he's such a funny like, guy. Yeah. Like porn stars don't have that many films <laughs> in their filmography. <laughs> he's well, such not, a funny guy, but I see he was in the Young and the Restless for a while. Oh, for like Young and 10 the Restless or more episodes. Oh, I'd, I'd like to see just that stupidity yeah i wonder what he did in there what do you think he played it wasn't some romantic Uh, lead i'm sure no no he was uh the warden mcqueen i would like to see him play (laughs) the warden mcqueen yeah Yeah. he could easily play a warden it's like any sort of blue collar 
job yeah. you need sheriff or deputy or or uh, well, he's he's great in grounded for life like i said if you haven't ever watched that i haven't no you never seen grounded never for heard life? of it uh-uh. you never even heard of it never oh my gosh it. well you know uh, uh logue right as donald logue yeah so he's been in a million things but he had a great uh little family sitcom back during uh the early 2000s actually uh 2001 is when it started really? oh well wow. uh, interesting yeah okay so yeah, we just saw Donald Logan something for film sack because I remember talking about the name Donald Ghost Logan. Rider. Right. Ghost Rider, he was his yeah. buddy. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, I did see that show. I forgot. Yeah. Okay. I just forgot he was in it. I did see that show. That was a great little show. It was a funny show. It was like a yeah. little, they were kind of rednecky and, um, yeah, except they were, uh, yeah, they were, weren't rednecky as much as just low, lower. They were common low, folk. Low class. Common <laughs> folk. There you go. <laughs> For lack there of a better go. term, Common folk. all right. I didn't know he was in that, so maybe I have to watch that. Oh, he was the dad. He did a great job. In that. Yeah. Well, all right. Then. Well done, that guy. Uh, anyway, uh, the, did I tell you why Val Kilmer couldn't do it? He was doing. Uh, oh, what was he doing? He was in some other movie. Was he doing Tombstone? Oh, no, something. Tombstone, Tombstone was ninety four. That was a long time before this. It may have been that the Saint. Uh, no Saint. Oh, the Saint may have been it. Actually, you might be right. Isn't that about two thousand one, two thousand, something like that? Feels like it. Still don't like Could the same. Wrong. I know you guys like the same. I don't like the same. Whatever. It's not great. Yeah. Uh Kate Blanchett. Here's a fun story. Kate Blanchett starred in The Gift, which was written by Billy Bob Thornton. <gasps> what? Yeah, that came out a year before that. Billy Bob Thornton, a man of many talents. Uh, and I love him. Whatever. If, uh, if you have not heard of the Boxmasters, it's a band that uh Billy Bob Thornton uh fronted for a while two or three albums they did one album that was all honky tonk covers it's really good mm-hmm. um but they were doing interviews and there's an interview that you can find on youtube and i can't remember who it's with uh john i want to say bbc what is it john gameshi john gameshi so you've, you've heard this and he oh, gets it's, it's yeah. from, like as far as i'm concerned it's the most famous thing that billy bob thornton ever did in <laughs> in, in real life mm. like yeah yeah his basically john gameshi is like is like that time that uh that uh Joaquin Phoenix was on uh David Letterman. Like oh, it's like that, that level, level of thing. Of okay. Interesting. Yeah. He just basically gets angry because the interviewer decides to bring up Billy Bob's movie career and say, Well, what's it like, you know, going from uh, being an actor to to being a musician? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here yeah. I'm, I'm here as part of this band. We don't want to talk about my acting career. That doesn't exist. Yeah. Well and that's the and that's the first question and answer. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> yes, question. The so first question and answer yeah. is Billy Bob Thornton saying he's not going to talk about this thing, and then no matter what Gian Gameshi says to him, he's not going to talk. Right? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he he checks out of the interview from the beginning. Yeah, and the, so then it's like nine minutes of awkwardness, right. and it's just like. It, it will make you hate Billy Bob Thornton if you've never watched How about that time you dated, uh, you were married to Angelina Jolie? We, yeah. talk about we ain't talking about that. We're talking about this talking band about here that I'm in. He, uh, so that's funny. He brought up Tombstone earlier, Dunaway, because he was in Tombstone. He was a yes. fat Billy Bob Thornton in Tombstone. Yes. And he yes. was one beating up, um, oh, who, I was beating up somebody while he was trying to run a poker table. And then, right, I'll be your Huckleberry. Yeah. And then what's his name came in and just pistol whipped the shit out of him. Yeah, so um, Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. That was a great scene. That's my first exposure to Billy Bob Thornton. I'll never forget it. <laughs> but like, 
like I, I have, I, I'm sure there's probably someone uh, that didn't listen to this episode of this podcast mm. because of Billy Bob Thornton's performance on an interview show with Gian Gameshi. Like it is mm. so horrible. It's uh, like, it really like you could boycott him for the rest of his career based on this. Because he was just kind of an a-hole. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I know. don't want to be that. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I love Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, really, it, it's like Kristen I really Bale's, do. Uh, railing on the uh, the light guy. It's it's right. yeah. well, I love it's Billy Bob Thornton. Aside, yeah, yeah. But but you ever ask yourself, it's like, oh well, how do you end up with her? Yeah. She's, she's pretty attractive. Uh, what do people? What is so? What do the ladies see in the Billy Bob Thornton? Because he always seems to have a because he's an auteur, man. He's an auteur. He's like a. It must be because yeah. when I look at him, I don't go, well, you know. I look at Brad Pitt and I go, well, of course, Angelina Jolie. Of yeah. course, yeah, of course. Well, we that, see takes that. The, that takes you to the most two thousand oneiest trope in the movie, <laughs> and then like the, the the tropes, the tropes of this time frame, yeah. even like this, this like ten or fifteen years. And that, that is the manic pixie dream girl that Kate is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because filmmakers uh, now have been browbeaten to the point where they're trying really hard to not make films with manic pixie dream girls in them. They're still failing and doing so. Yeah. But like this is like this is like peak manic pixie dream girl. Like yeah. this is. Give me another example. Like, who, who else would we put in that category? Uh, Natalie Portman and Garden State. Uh, oh. Just any good example yeah. any any film where the girl is entirely an object of a man's sexual desire gives herself to him without having any standards of her own and is also perfect and quirky and beautiful and all that stuff like yeah. she's Mel- melanie griffith in that movie with uh, ray liotta uh something wild oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean, yeah yep that's a great early example once again i i want to go back to the not that I think Billy Bob Thornton's not an attractive guy. <laughs> I just don't want anybody to get. But like I said, I don't like to ever like shame. I'm like I'm not really shaming. You're not a body shamer guy. I get it. He's just yeah. He's just not like like I said. You would you would just look at him and go oh well you know he can you know he can totally uh, land well, a supermodel. Yeah. And I flat out disagree with you. Like there there again, it's all about the cinematography for me. But there are shots of Billy Bob Thornton in this movie where I'm like wow. Right, That's a handsome man. Yeah, right here, let me send you, you a know? picture of Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I totally get what you're saying, uh, and I and I think I agree with it. Um, right, like when I see Billy Bob Thornton, I kind of like, hey, you know, that feels like kind of looks like me. You know, we're kind of cool. We can hang out together. You know, we're on the same you know uh, level. You know, we're all about a five, right? Yeah, we're not, like we're not threes or anything, but you know, we're five. not five. Right, we're not like you know. <laughs> I, I think that he's these probably got a million charms. Most of them are things Has like confidence and arti- artistic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ambition, dedication and to his craft, and all yeah. that. And he's kind of weird. And you know, if you're in that world, you're like, man, I want to get with that weird that dude because he's doing weird stuff. And you know, he might say again back French fried taters yeah. at night or whatever. Twenty, 20 <laughs> years ago, uh, a film like this was not was was not required to explain why the woman is doing what she's doing it just portrays her and she is every man's dream that some you know broken wife is going to just fall into your groin you know like it's (laughs) great yeah Uh, but it comes close to kind of being bad in that regard a little bit it's i i could see it i i think she plays it well enough to make me go oh well what this is is someone who's trapped in the worst possible 
marriage loop with this dude who sucks and of artificial life and she can't find happiness. And she's just given herself over to this weird new thing. She's found a new life and I bought it because she's so damn good at it. Right. If it had been any other actress, maybe less so, but I don't know. Something well, I just want to go her. back to Billy Bob Thornton here for just a second. Just say, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, what he else? must be, he's a really talented guy. That's what it must be. It must be, yeah, so I, you know, just, no, I'm just saying there's other, <laughs> other things. There's, 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 there's other things. There's other things than just, you know, physical looks, you know, he's a little bit taller too. So maybe that gives him a few points. Plus, you know, like you said, he is, you know, he's, he's quite the talented sure, man sure. And, and really smart. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm saying, with I'm with you. If, if you're just looking at pictures, <laughs> if that's all you're doing, <laughs> if you're going you're doing, off initial two dimensional look at yeah, this man, original your your initial physical reaction, if that's what you're thinking of, then right. Oh, by the way, major uh, Armageddon connection here. Both these dudes were uh, Bruce Willis and and uh, Billy Bob were in Armageddon. Billy Bob was the uh, government uh, NASA dude uh, right. who was like always on the line, going, "All right, now what you need to do is stick it in the, the rear or whatever." And then you had. then you had bruce willis out there getting the work done so back together at last three or four years later bruce willis and billy bob here's what made me gross out all right you guys have to guess what grossed me out oh it's easy okay even though as attractive as she is kate blanchett sticking her finger in her mouth brushing her teeth yep that was it ding 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 (laughs) totally nailed it without even trying to hard do it hard it was also gross hearing about how much spit she had thanks a lot bruce willis don't care a lot of saliva yeah what do you do why are you saying that Ugh. Ugh. and it wasn't really gross when she was just like moving her finger around and brushing her teeth but when she actually just stopped while billy bob thornton you know, pontificated yep. for about how many germs on her hand. Yeah. And she just stood there with her fingers sticking in her mouth while, you know, she was drooling down her hand. Yeah. And got to, it's like, okay. Yeah. That grossed me out. It didn't. And this, I figured some of you guys might say, Oh, was it the tape in the car where it talked about vaginitis or whatever? I'm like, no, that's just a <laughs> thing people have. Was, once again, like Levinson films are going to have comic relief. Like some of them are going to be a, a comedy, right? Like, or, or a tragic comedy. What do you call uh, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, tragic comedy. Uh, oh, that's comedy a, in a tragic uh, time. Dark, not really dark comedy. Um, anyway, Barry Levinson knows how to crack a joke on screen, and like there just there were moments in this film where he almost took it too far, yeah. and that was one of them. I forgot for a hot second he did Good Morning Vietnam, and it also makes sense because he's great. Gosh dang, <laughs> he's so good. By the way. Let's just see what he's up to. Let's see what movie we got coming right What's now. What's he doing? Because you know he's got talent. He's in he's a kind of old. He's got a series called uh he's executive producing a series called The Jury Room, which is almost ready to come out. As far as direction goes, oh, he's also directing that series. Uh something called Sheila is in pre-production. Harry Shaft, or sorry, Harry Harry <laughs> Harry Haft. Sorry, Harry Haft, whatever this is, is in post production. Uh something called What grows bright out the most, right? <laughs> His last film was 2015's Rock the Casbah, and I don't know what that was. Let's see. Oh, it's a Bill Murray thing. What is this? Yeah, I remember seeing previews for that. Oh, Bill Murray, Bruce Willis, Kate Kate Hudson, Zoe Deschanel. The big cast, Scott Conn's in this. Danny McBride. I don't know how this went or how it went down. Yeah, I don't know about it. Probably not well if we don't know anything. What was it called again? About Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. Oh. Rock 
the Casbah, you know, like the song. The Nobody, no. Well, that was first the, with a K. Oh, yeah, the K. problem. You have to say the problem was that that the theaters was like, no, I'm not putting that there. I'm not putting that on the marquee. <laughs> I can't. I can't spell Casbah. Says so a down a down on his luck music manager played by Murray discovers a teenage girl with an extraordinary voice while on a music tour in Afghanistan takes her to Kabul or Kabul to uh, compete in the popular television show Afghan Star. Oh, I've actually seen this. I remember this. You it, saw this? it had a very short, had a very short time at the theater, and I remember it was on uh, Voodoo forever just tempting me and i was finally like okay fine it was a couple of movies that year yeah how was it seems like wasn't i uh, 20 honestly it was i i think i was doing other things i turned it on <laughs> i think i got this one uh-huh. and the other movie that i remember that i kind of only halfway watched was uh wtf the whiskey tango foxtrot oh, yeah. um so i think it was like a couple of movies that i kept picking up and i was like was halfway watching and it seems like it was well eh. based on the uh, the red carpet photos on imdb they laid even let the uh, homeless people in yeah. oh no that's fred durst oh that's fred durst yeah yeah now you always it's easy to confuse him with the homeless people i get it right uh the humbling was the year before that and i remember hearing about that but didn't see it again it's a al pacino greta gerwig thing that i never saw so i don't i don't know the recent uh levinson is hard to suss out i don't know what to like or not or whatever he's past his prime probably but you know, you do what you can do. Charles Grodin is in that. Oh man, I haven't heard that name. Oh. Grodin. Do you guys remember Midnight Run? We should we should sack oh, Midnight I love Run. Did we Midnight not watch Run. that? No, we That's should sack we... it. We should sack. We did. Midnight Run is a classic. I love Wait, how movie. old is that movie now? Because it feels like it's just a couple of years old. 80, how old is it? Eighty date or what? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. What? Yeah. What are you thinking of? I don't know. I remember a Midnight Run, but it wasn't that. Uh, Midnight Run. Maybe it was Midnight Runner. Yeah, 1988 was Midnight Run. And it was amazing. If you've mm-hmm. never seen that movie. Nero, Groden. Yeah, it's so good. Yafet Koto good. is in it. So yeah. uh, the the trivia, or maybe it was the goofs on IMDb, reminded me of what could be the chick in the bucket on this film. Oh, yeah, hold on. I got to play the thing. Don't you know it's dangerous to leave a bucket yeah. lying around? All right, go ahead. <laughs> it's the uh, the money that they get away with at the end. You know, they, they can explain away the fact that the... Uh, the ambulance burned up and the bodies were in there. And so there's no trace of, of, uh, the, the Joe and uh, the, you right, know, right, right. Joe and, and Terry, Joe, Joe and, and Terry. Yeah. But, uh, what, you know, wouldn't the bank like, well, what happened to the money? Like the, he, the, they, they <laughs> mentioned it like it was in the ambulance and it burned up with the other things. But like, why would the ambulance guys do Pick that? As it, well? Yeah. That's I, a I pretty good it, question. It's definitely not worth it. Also, there's how a, were they, were they, how'd they get out of the ambulance? at all in, Did I, in a tunnel oh i forgot about that stupid <gasps> tunnel oh the tunnel. yeah never they mind we're in a tunnel they they got out of their body bags in the cars and That's drove right. out meanwhile the ambulance kept going with the right i think that i think the husband is the chicken in the bucket for as far as i can tell he's still in spain Maybe they're forever. Maybe maybe yeah. they're forever. but if you need to get a hold of him you know who's <laughs> you can reach his people you know who they are yeah you belong at home baby come home now I, now, I just, you. now I just really want to see Midnight Run. That's all I care about at this point. Um, I, all right. I do too. I I think I saw Midnight Run one time like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I would like to watch it because I don't remember it at all. Great, great Danny Elfman uh, score on that one. Oh, yeah. totally agree. How does that director make? Uh, it makes Midnight Run, Beverly Hills Cop, Scent of a Woman, Meet Joe Black, and then 
Geely or whatever the hell the name of that horrible shit <laughs> thing from 2003 with uh, Affleck in it. How did that you know happen? What? I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what? I am. I have <laughs> <Nothing> always. <laughs> I have always been fine with a director going. You know what? I, I there's a thing that I'm really good at, and I've done it, and now I want to try other things. Even though I give crap to Steven Spielberg all the time when he like when he went out on his little uh, AI tour and Minority Report, I give him a lot of crap. But you know, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, so what? So he went, he decided to explore a little bit, even though they're really talented at something. It's really hard to look at somebody and see them really talented at something. Yeah. And then flip to something else and like, what are you doing? Yeah, but like normally, normally the next year you get a better thing. Yeah, but he so didn't do back. anything else. He, he stopped at Geely. Maybe he was done. Maybe he was. Just done. I would be done um, too after Geely. It's terrible. Would we ever consider watching Geely for film sack because it is so notoriously bad? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. we'd have to, right? Like. I do like the fact that when you look it up on Just Watch, I looked up to see if it was streaming before I answered, asked that question. But uh, it said people who liked Gili also liked uh, Battlefield Earth Nothing. and Catwoman. <laughs> no way, dude. <laughs> Are you serious? People, people were just taking a tour of crap movies and then so. it gets... Did it, did it gets- uh, then it gets stuck as your favorite. Yeah. The master of disguise, the Dana Carvey thing that I know you guys like, but I don't like. All about I do Steve. not like. Are you kidding? That is a horrible. Oh, I movie. think somebody like somebody likes Dana Carvey, Master of Disguise. The oh, Room is listed. Yeah, if man. you like Sheila, you like the people. Also like the Room. Like? Wow. Are they sure about like? Yeah. It's, right. It is. It is said the way it's phrased. People who like Sheila also like. I prefer the. I prefer the based on what you've watched. That's how I prefer them to phrase that. That'd be better. Yes. Yeah. Do it right. Uh, By the way, I was thinking of Midnight Special from 2016 when we were talking about Midnight. How's that? Was that good? I I liked it. It was really, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I can't think even what that is, but I'll take your word Uh, for it. There's a kid with with special powers and uh, they're on the run. Oh, uh, yes. that looks like Adam Driver in that photo. It is it Adam is. Driver. It is. Yeah, Michael. Oh, uh, I remember seeing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Shannon's there's, in it. Uh, yeah. Alien stuff at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember oh. hearing about this, thinking I should check it out, and never did. And it's on Hulu right now. Yeah, oh. I've seen this, and I think I talked about it on Recommendals, as a matter of fact. You know, I have a Michael Shannon rule. I see it if he's in it. I don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, I it forgot be... about this. Is really oh, good. Is he in it? Yeah. I'll see it. If it's a piece mm-hmm. of shit, I'll see it because he's in. Mm. It. He's the main guy protecting this kid. Is uh, Michael Shannon? Yeah. So I love him. Oh, I have seen Midnight. This Run. might as well be a Michael Shannon film because yeah. it's that it's that much of him in it for sure. Mm. All right, we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? There's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Did you know this? Well, many of us are stuck at home. It's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So this week I've been using ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on UK Netflix, Star Trek Discovery on Netflix UK. How about Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Netflix Canada, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on Netflix Australia, Black Adder on Netflix UK, Oh, I love me some Black Adder. It's so simple to do. You just fire up the ExpressVPN app, no matter what your uh, computer platform is. I'm on a Mac in this particular case. Change my location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. See ExpressVPN, hide your IP address, and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries, 
So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. That's a lot. Do you love anime? Well, I get you to have access to Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. <laughs> get it? But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use v- ExpressVPN is to watch shows and do it ridiculously spat- fastly, speedily. Speedily. That's a better word. There's never any buffering or lag. I tried it multiple times. And there was none. You can stream HD and no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices. Phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. You can watch what you want on a personal device or on your big screen, wherever you are, wherever you want to. You just do it. Anyway, I really like it a lot. I've been pretty impressed with it. And and none of this even goes into the other great reasons why a, a good VPN can help you in lots of security situations. But this is one great reason. Your film sack-like entertainment. Very easy to use. Super simple to set up. I mean, I was up and running in like three seconds. And you can be too. If you visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash filmsack, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show. Watch what you want and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash filmsack. And do it today. Let's do some clips. I have some clips. Yeah. And they are uh forthcoming hold on a second soon Neighbors and ducks. uh here they are i found them okay we're gonna start with this one uh this is just uh a thing trap like a rat oh trap like a rat trap like a rat it's just fun the way he said it trap like a rat I almost make a song out of it like get a beat behind it well trap like a rat trap like a rat it yeah. can't be his voice that can't be the thing that ladies like is that <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. This is good. Your your continued uh, investigation is encouraged, and uh, also I'm enjoying the hell out of it. So please continue. All right. Here's a radio sound, sports radio sounding guy. This is the guy that Brian or Randy reminded us is a comedian, but he always sounds like sports radio to me. Here he is. Good evening, everybody. I'm Darren Head, and tonight we have an incredible story for you. It's a story that's part soap opera, part crime drama, story of betrayal and greed. It's part Bonnie and Clyde. It's part Barnum and Bailey. It just seems like the guy should be going, oh, I can't believe you see the 76ers last night. That was a terrible play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got like Maybe a... uh, clear your throat, maybe, yeah. and then do another take. Yeah, try it again. All right, well, here's... And the... he's, he's, trying to, he's trying to be a take on John Walsh, right? The, mm. Yeah, yeah. The America's Most Wanted guy? Sure. I, I assume. Yeah. I don't know. That, shows, that yeah, show felt know. very familiar in that way, yeah. Felt more like uh, a Geraldo, but... Yeah, something like that. Somewhere yeah, in that. That's, that's a good example, yeah. too. Sure. Geraldo. We found nothing in Capone's tomb. Nice, nice work. All right. Here is uh, Billy Bob sounds. <laughs> it's one of his weird ticks. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. um, all right. I like this line. You boned me on the pants, Joe. Here you go. You boned me on the pants, Joe. <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> that's really great. That's not good out of context. That's yeah. not no good at all. I just love that so glad line. that wasn't prom audio. <laughs> yeah, right? No kidding, right? Oh man. Yeah. Uh, let's hear some more uh, pants reference. Well, Those wicked pants. <laughs> <laughs> that I love it because again, comic relief. Like yeah. he, it's a throwback joke. Like a few seconds after the previous one. Yeah, it's great. I also want to give kinda... fat credit to the scene where he's in the first family's house. And they're all trying to eat dinner, and 
Billy Bob's being very conversational, talking about how she makes the food. The mom cannot stop sobbing, but she's playing along and answering so questions. The kids kind of don't care. Uh, the uh, husband's just the worst. Like, I loved yeah. that scene. Yeah. And yeah. those kids, by the way, uh, Bruce Willis's real kids. Totally yeah, I scout. saw that. Did oh, I didn't know the boy was that the the girl. I knew the girl was. That's funny. Yeah, two girls, two girls, both girls. Yeah, was oh, it two girls? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, Apple and up. no, not Apple. What's her name? Tallulah and uh, Scout. Scout. That's it. I always want to say Apple, and it's not. It's, it's Scout. All right. Anyway, yeah, this yeah, is Apple is Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Chris Martin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but what? How do you say Elon Musk? They were all yellow. Child. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were all yellow. Twelve. There's there's a talk that that's uh, an illegal naming convention in California, and so they have to they're going to have to not do it. (laughs) They're going to have to truncate it. Yeah, they're going to have to come up with something better. So yeah, you can't put you can't put numbers or uh, uh, non English characters to a name. Jeez, Elon Musk, you freaking weirdo! Whatever that a spell it phonically. Uh, he's a weird the world today having to use legal precedents to have your name your uh, child's name fixed exactly all right here's uh one of bruce willis's girls doing this well he's been cool that i can do sure (laughs) (laughs) again it's a dumb throwaway thing to do and if you don't see the movie you won't really get this but there's something about the way it's done and the tone of that dinner everything else around it that just feels good it's good right it's not cheap can't explain it. All right. Uh, here, this is quite the tape to have in your car. The most common symptom of vaginitis is an abnormal vaginal discharge. Often a... <laughs> Probably from an allergic reaction to mites. Ooh. All right. Oh. I don't know what he said in the middle okay. of that, but okay. This movie was made days before uh, Barry Levinson's generation <laughs> discovered the existence of MP3s. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds about right it's, and, and and a lot of things like this movie is really really stuck uh, in a time uh, technologically like just the fact that you know they have pagers there's not you know yeah like, we have cell phones then but the, where i don't know why they didn't they didn't they were not well, using I, I, I thought they kind of explained that a little bit because billy bob thornton was uh amazed and he couldn't understand onstar which kind of rep- represents uh people who've been in prison for a long time they come out in the technologies they haven't been exposed oh, to. Oh, so they're I like, kinda, oh, where's that, that sound coming from? Sure. Yeah. But, but uh, every cop on the Western seaboard doesn't have the technology of a thing called the radio. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's this movie is, it's kind of desperate about tech. <laughs> yeah, the tech's a little weird. It could have been from the 70s in a weird way, except for the music and the modern look of everything. All right, here's um, an amazing Bruce Willis laugh. Whoops, why didn't it play? Here we go. There you go. <laughs> that's so bruce willis yeah it reminds me of like uh i don't know something now see i can see bruce willis with you know an attractive I, uh-huh. you know, he's got something yeah. you just look at a picture of him and go oh yeah totally i can see him with you know it's one of my favorite bits you've more. ever done <laughs> i love it okay here's irish something the thing about irish hurling is that it's like football with sticks stop it Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how he's always chewing him out. Stop it. I'm going to keep that one for stuff. Stop it. Well, yeah. And that's the Billy Bob Thornton I want. Like, I, I want him to be outraged and smart, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I like that he's the brains of the operations, but he's also a freaking mess. 
there's something great about his and it's him do it's what it's how he did it like i again mm-hmm. in the wrong hands this doesn't work but he's he's very good all right here's uh kate blanchett and she's just being great as always so you rob banks that's impressive what's a little old lady savings accounts and Cub Scout dues and homeless orphan Christmas funds. Is that what? <laughs> Her accent was wavering a little bit there. Though. A little bit. Yeah, uh, she had a mouthful of the, the of the Denver. So she had to. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's oh this thing. Beavers and ducks. <laughs> he wakes up from his dream. <laughs> so is there any trivia to that? I didn't look it up. No, but, he know, just, it's two so competing uh, college football teams. Oh. In the north northwest, but that's about it. I love how he. How he comes out of it though, you can hear it. Mm, beavers and ducks. So he kind of starts with the mm, so he goes mm, beavers and ducks. Yeah, and then, and then Kate Blanchett later on calls him a, a beaver, and I was like, okay, so yeah, maybe there's some connection. Joke. I think he's just nuts and has weird dreams about stuff that scares him, and mm, I think that was right. it. Uh, here's some singing. Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Sort of. Now I'm only falling apart. Then nothing I can do. Total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> All right. I'm not sure if Kate Blanchett can sing or not because of a scene later in the movie. She where can she totally just, like, sing. She faked song. that because I've heard her sing and she's, yeah. she can sing. I was thinking she did a pretty good, uh, yeah. bad job of singing. That was yeah. interesting. All right. Here's gross thing number two that I didn't mention. It's got saliva. Well, we did mention it, but here it is. It's got saliva in her mouth. Well, of course, she's got saliva in her mouth. Everybody does this glandular. She's got more. Really? How much? Why? <laughs> why, why would that be a thing you'd say you'd just say oh she's a good kisser was... you wouldn't go oh man the volume of saliva in her mouth was amazing it's like it was, yeah. awful that was lot. second that was the second <laughs> description of a kiss i i prefer kate blanchett's uh description of her first husband her husband's first kiss yeah with the open mouth yeah popping to the jaw yeah that was that was fun that little conversation yeah. Here's uh, an oh the antique furniture thing. And uh, antique furniture scares me half to death. I just I really want that trivia to be true, but mm-hmm. I feel I feel scrutiny about it. All right, here's another scrutiny. another weird Bruce Willis laugh. <laughs> so we got two of those. Wow, that was a different one than the first one. It was. Yeah, yep, me... they're close, okay. but they're different ones. And then finally, a great gunshot sound. I love them in movies. I always respect them. Here's one here. That's good stuff. That's mm. good stuff. That was really well, too, because the gunshot and then there was a delay before the scream. It had been real easy to time that wrong, but yep. it felt very real. The movie had great sound work. Never felt yeah. like I heard anybody doing ADR. I never felt like weird, off-sounding uh, moments of dialogue where they were in a booth and not in the real place. It just, you know, for whatever it's worth, for a movie like this, really good sound work. And it's 20 years old, which is crazy. All right. Now time for this. Nope. That's not the one. Film side checklist. Bruce Willis should do the long hair thing more. Check. I like that. Mm. Scraggly old Bruce Willis hair is cool. I smell burning feathers. Check. And finally, (laughs) put Kate Blanchett in all the movies. Thanks. Check. All right. Uh, hey, Star Trek Connections, we got a couple. Scott Burkholder was the Wildwood policeman in DS9. He played a commander and in Enterprise played Tarek Relius T- Tagrim in a seasoned, uh, or a see, second season episode called The Catwalk. He also had Richard Reilly. Re- Re- hmm. Re- that's, Re- our, that's our uh, Wilford Brimley guy. Oh, his hard, he has a hard last name. 
Uh, Lawrence Fife in this, in the uh, TNG, played Batty in the fifth episode, The Inner Light, and in Voyager, played Seamus in the season six episode, Fair Haven and Spirit Folk, same character, and on Enterprise, played Dr. L- uh, Jeremy Lucas in the fourth season episode, Cold Station 12. So there's that. Uh, also, Bill okay. Blair was a bank security guard. He was on DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise, played various Cardassians, Jim Hadar, and Klingons, and different Vulcans as well. Lots of nice Star Trek. A variety of Vulcans. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Soundtrack great. I give it a P for perfect for what it is. Just just right stuff. Good calls on all around. I think it was good. Nothing wrong with any of it. Uh, All right. uh, Twitter post. This is where wherein you guys say things in 280 characters or less that describe this film to a T. Let's start with Randy. Bandits. Two guys having sex with the same woman who left her husband to be here. And one of them brought his best friend, and that guy brought his girlfriend, and she's inexplicably involved in what you're all doing with each other, just like a Saturday night at Ivan's house. Yes! <laughs> That's where it goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Dunaway. Bandits. Some dialogue soup. Below my belt and above my knees, my spaghetti's too long and the sauce is too red. I hate it. Do you guys <laughs> smell burning feathers? <laughs> the sauce is too red. I forgot about that kid. Yeah. Sauce is the too sauce red. is too red. That kind My of spaghetti's too long. I don't like it. Yeah, your spaghetti's too long. It's the nature of spaghetti. Exactly. <laughs> Can you cut it up for me, Ma? <laughs> that kid's in trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh finally, Brian Ibbett. Bandits. Nothing I can say. Totally eclipsed by 9-11. Oh, oh. man. That's so true. Truth, yeah. Brian. Truth. Well done. True, true. All right, for real, here is the alternate titles. These were almost used. It was almost called Die Hard 8 Fake Die. Because get it, mm. they died fakely at the mm. end. They didn't really die. Mm-hmm. Or the movie, or sorry, this movie heist to be seen. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, gosh, that's so. That's just rough. All right, moving on to emails. These came to us to our email address, filmsackagemail.com. Sometimes you can use the website as well where you just send them on a form there. Either way, Wait, it works. Sometimes you can use the website, yeah, or all the you time. can also additionally use the website. That is a way better way of putting it. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Amy wrote in, says, "Hey Scott and Brian and Randy, the quote from Pump Up the Volume is actually eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark." Mm-hmm. Amy, so Amy wanted to let us know that. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, Craig Shirtliff wrote in, and I have a question for Craig. Are you the Craig Shirtliff I grew up with? Because I grew up with a kid named Craig huh. Shirtliff, and I'm very no. Those, that's about. such a common name. It really yeah. could be any of the Craig Shirtliffs. It I really know at least be. three. Yeah, I know at yeah, least that's, one. That's like my my buddy Robert Miller. It's, <laughs> oh man, <yeah. laughs> just like that. Just yep. like that. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. He says uh, the subject is film sack and raw deal. He says a very short message. He says raw deal is just the price we have to pay for enjoying the Terminator. That's interesting because wasn't the true story is the true deal story. was it the deal because the producers had or no he had a yeah. contract and had to do yep, something yep, okay and and I just want to say again like I said it last week I think if you told me hey you can watch a movie right now it'll be the first Terminator or Raw Deal I might choose Raw Deal I really I liked it <sighs> you liked it more than I mean if you just had to pick you're saying the, there are the two movies on the table today, you have to watch today. one of those today. You would take Raw Deal over a Terminator rewatch. Is that is that what you're telling me? 
I might. Yeah. That's it's, intense. I really <laughs> like back that back <laughs> Yes, probably <laughs> most I likely. Mean, uh, just, uh, I sure. just watched Raw Deal a week ago, and I haven't seen the first Terminator in like a year. So there's that's a that's a problem. Watch your like, watch your feet. There's a lot of backpedaling coming over. Look yeah. out. <laughs> I know I'll like, never have to do this for real. So yes. Yeah. Well let me like check. I say I yeah. like I like what I call small action movies. Yeah. And like yeah. after we sacked Raw Deal, I went looking for Walking Tall, the rock version, because I just wanna like I like that thing and, and it's all also got that Neil McDonough uh guy as the mm. bad guy. Oh, oh yeah. my god. I like that's Walking Tall. Yeah. Walking Love Tall is fun. We should do that on here. I like Walking Tall. I thought tall. we did Walking right. Tall. No, we, no, we did the done. other one. Uh, run, the Rundown. Running the short. Run, yeah, running, <laughs> running short. Man. What was it? <laughs> on the, the run. It's the Rundown. Run. It what is was it? The, the Rundown. Oh, the Rundown. Yeah. <laughs> I bought I bought the uh, five uh, film pack of Rambo on Voodoo for 10 Oh, bucks. did you now? Yeah. yeah. I'm watching them backwards because <laughs> the other way seems depressing. <laughs> Don't know why. That's a great idea to do with a Rambo movie is watch them all in reverse order. I like right. it. I can say any way, any order you watch them, they're depressing because <laughs> Stallone just has this sadistic desire to depress you, but with that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, by the way, Arnold has something to say about you choosing Raw Deal over Terminator. This is it. He molested, murdered, and mutilated her. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's what he has mutilated. to say. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it for emails. Next week, Final Destination 2. Yeah, that's what? right. That's right. We said we were going to follow up with 2, and we're doing it. Everyone says two's the best one. Um, we're going to te- put that to the test and watch people die in miserable ways in a uh, movie that's dumb, and I'm excited. I cannot wait for this. So uh, Final Destination 2. But I thought the last two. one was the Final Destination. There's another destination after the Final Destination? Right. Brian, let the me introduce you to the game or... series Final Fantasy. And uh, same problem. <laughs> Good point. Uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, that is... <laughs> Like aren't they? And some, some didn't we find out they're still working on new versions of this, or like there's a reboot yeah. coming? There'll always be another one coming. One. I kind of love that they're doing that. Well, anyway, uh, Final Destination Two that's on the docket for next week. So come back and enjoy that with us. Okay. Uh, don't forget our website is filmsack.com. And if you want to leave us voicemails, that's always a possibility. You guys are too chicken because I haven't got any filmsack ones lately. But eight zero one four seven one zero four six two. Don't be chicken. Call the line and leave a message. Filmsack at gmail.com is our email address, or just use the website for said message sending. You can also find us on Twitter at Filmsack. That'll do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. (laughs) We'll we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.